Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. The show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also hear it on Podomatic.com. We have a, a, a channel or a, a page there. In fact, the last couple of days, we've been holding at number two for our category of conservative right. And we hope that we will reach number one. We've been on Podomatic for the last several years, and sometimes we're in the top ten, but um, we've been holding steady, and that's thanks to all the good listeners and people that are downloading our various programs over the last several years. Uh, The show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among all things, runs a week-long family camp. And next year's camp will be held in beautiful Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is in the west northwestern part of the state, or more centrally western part of the state, right on the right, close to uh, the Connecticut River, which borders Vermont. It will run from July 19th to the 24th, a Sunday to Friday. We have a great lineup of instructors, as we do every year. So please visit our website for more information. We also host the Samuel Blumenfeld Archive. And last year, we got about two million views. This has the works of the late, great Sam Blumenfeld, his Alpha Phonics, his various books, his um, newsletters, his recordings, his speeches, uh, just hours and hours and hours of audio and video. So please visit the website again at campconstitution.net. Well, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit today about the First Amendment and how many people, especially those in our conservative, in quotation mark circles, uh, think they believe the lie that had something to do with separation of church and state. But before I do that, I just want to pay tribute and honor to a late dear friend of mine, Don Folkers. Don uh, passed away just a few days ago. Uh, Don was actually the first person that introduced me to this station. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many years ago, but he was a guest on one of the shows and he was a call-in guest, and he had asked me, you know, kind of the pros and cons and what to say, what not to say, what kind of questions he thought would be asked, and I think I spent about two hours coaching him. Uh, Not that I needed to do that. He was a a very brilliant man, but he just wanted to get things right. He was a very uh, stickler for uh, details and didn't want to say anything out of line. At that time in my career, my life, I was a field rep for the John Birch Society. Well, Don, did an excellent job, and I did recommend he give out his own phone number, and the uh, co-owner of the station um, called Don and was interested, so Don drove from southern Maine all the way up to uh, northern Maine, where he met uh, and met a number of people, and that was my first contact with this uh, great station, WBCQ, at least that was the AM side of the station. 
So um, Don was a, a great Christian man. He had been a pastor. He pastored actually two churches in central coastal Maine. He was 82 years of age. He was kind of unexpected. Uh, he was in relatively good health. Um, and I did uh, send him an email about a uh, Lyme disease specialist, which I believe he suffered from. Uh, and I didn't hear back. And so I thought, well, I better call. And then I found out he had passed. So, uh, um, but he is in a better place. He was a strong believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as a, uh, a great patriot and activist. And perhaps he had to be one of the most generous people I've ever known. I would visit with him. And, and at one time, I, it was one of my earliest visits with him in the mid, mid-90s, mid 94, maybe. And uh, he met me in a restaurant, and he would say, uh, do you need any gas? Well, no, Don, I, I just... Uh, I just filled the tank a little while ago. How about new tires? I'll buy new tires for you. I says, oh, gee, well, I had new tires put on, you know, about six months ago. So that was, and he says, well, how about a tune-up? Oh, I just had a tune-up about two months ago. How about an oil change? Anything you do can, to help me out. And there was one time, again, this is back in the mid-90s, I was going to a homeschool show in Maine. And I expected to have a table there with a, a well-supplied uh, batch of books and pamphlets and literature. And I had a, a busy event a week or so before, sold out almost everything I had, and my order didn't come in in time, so I didn't have a whole lot. It was going to be sort of a sparse table. But Don had a wholesale account with uh, a couple of different companies, and he had a case of this book and a case of that book and a case of magazines and 10 copies of this and 20 copies of that and what have you. And he said, well, just, uh, you know, just take, whatever, take, take everything here. I said, well, I'll take it and I'll itemize it, Don, to make sure um, you know, we, you know, I pay you back. He said, oh, no, 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 just take it. And there was like $1,000 worth of books, you know, just take it. So he's going to be missed. And uh, my, my sentiments to his, uh, and I'll be at the funeral, which will be held um, tomorrow. Well, actually, I record this in advance, but by the time it's here, the funeral will be over. But anyway, uh, again, I uh, just a wonderful man and uh, lost a number of friends the last uh, last month or so, but uh, that's it. But that's uh, the way life is. Anyway, now getting into the uh, First Amendment. Now, first, let me read the First Amendment. Now, let me point out, that many of the founders of the Constitution didn't think a Bill of Rights would be necessary because they thought the federal government, the Constitution, only gives specific and limited in, uh, powers to the central government. So there's a lot of things they can't do. They can't, federal government take, 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 take your guns away. You know, they can't establish a church because it's not their goal. They have no right to do that. But there are some folks who said, no, we got we got to have a um, we have to have a, a bill of rights or amendments. They're not really when you think about the bill of rights, it's really the bill of what Congress can't do. But it's, refer, it's become known as the bill of rights. I don't think it was called the bill of rights initially. And in fact, there's actually a preamble uh, to the first um, ten amendments. Uh, uh, in fact, let me read that because a lot of folks didn't even know there was one. The conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added and extending the ground of public confidence in the government will be best ensured the benevolence 
beneficent ends of its institution, resolved by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled, two-thirds of both houses concurring that the following articles be proposed to the legislators of the several states as amendments to the Constitution of the United States, all or any of which articles when ratified by three-fourths of the state legislators to be valid in all intents and purposes as part of the said Constitution. Articles in addition to and amendments of the Constitution of the United States America proposed by Congress and ratified by the legislators of several states pursuant to the fifth article of the original Constitution, signed by Frederick Augustus Uhlenberg, Speaker of the House, John Adams, Vice President of the United States and President of the Senate. Back in the early days of our republic, the Vice Presidents actually sat in and ran the proceedings in the Senate. And at some point, I tell people kiddingly, when they invented golf or started building golf courses, that's when that ended. So, so Amendment 1, this would be the amendment that's supposed to call for the separation of church and state. In other words, if you're a Christian, you can't even think about God or even mention the name of God or any reference to God when you are in a public building or public affairs at all. Public properties, particularly forbidden. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So, so the first clause says that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. At the time of the passing of the Bill of Rights, or the First Amendment, which was in December of 1781, uh, December, yeah, actually, so December 15, 1791, I'm sorry, not 1781, 1791, um, there were a number of states of the original 13, and then Vermont came in a little bit later as the 14th state and as a free state. But uh, I think at least Massachusetts, several states had state churches, Massachusetts being one of them. And not one action of people at the federal level had anything to do with the disestablishment of the Massachusetts Congregational Church. It was eventually uh, disestablished by the late 1820s. So for all that time, it was not subversive to the Constitution for the state of Massachusetts to have a state church. But as time went on, and it started back in the last century, it would be the 1940s, uh, they were, of course, then the Warren Court went, went ballistic uh, and just make almost any reference to God was, um, was considered unconstitutional and subversive. In the, fam- the infamous case uh, with the atheist Madeleine Murray O'Hare, uh, federal government had no business messing with states when it comes to that, or towns or cities. And many Supreme Court decisions uh, have upheld that. And today, you'll see, uh, you'll see some Ten Commandments on public property. You'll see nativity scenes on public property. You'll see uh, uh, Hanukkah, um, Hanukkah scenes on public property. And it's been going on for years. Of course, uh, there has been a war against traditional values in Christianity and even uh, traditional Judaism. I think that's, uh, that's very obvious. But what I just got, decided to discuss this, not only are we into December, but we're also uh, 
uh, as many of you listeners of the show know that there was a lawsuit that we filed against the city of Boston because it refused to allow us to hang a or to fly a Christian flag on a public access flagpole for a short time while we had our ceremony. It would have been there less than a day, maybe a day or two, uh, no more than that. And it was called unconstitutional because it's a separation of state and church. The same city that has a Bible verse on its flag, on its city seal, and you could visit the uh, Boston Common and see religious themes, statues, and plaques uh, affirming Christianity. doesn't say it officially endorses it, but obviously it recognizes that Christians had a little bit to do with the founding of our country. As my good friend Reverend Stevie Kraft points out, that this country was not founded by Buddhists or Muslims or transgenders or atheist militant homosexuals. It was founded by people of the Christian faith. Not everybody was a strong believer, and uh, we do not want to establish a theocracy. In fact, a theocracy is a nation or a country ruled by God. Haven't had any theocracy since the days of the Old Testament. But they wanted a king, didn't they? They had judges, but they wanted a king. The people wanted a king, and you got one. And see, we've been downhill ever since, right? So um, our nation was not founded as a theocracy. It was founded as a constitutional republic, founded by people with strong Christian values. And it would be ludicrous to suggest that uh, these Christians would set up a country, set up a, a constitution, and then only atheists and uh, far leftists can uh, be government officials. So just crazy to think that. I was um, reading, um, uh, I get a mailing from the Ringe, New Hampshire Historical Society, and the uh, lady who runs it, Carla McLeod, was doing a little story about the one or the schoolhouses in, in range from the 1800s. And it said that the first thing, that the, the, the first book that was uh, used is the Bible. Gee, wait a minute, this was in the 1840s and 1850s, and this was a public school in the town of Ringe, and the Bible was the major book. Didn't seem to have any problems then. But all of a sudden, as time went on, the Bible, uh, any reference to the Bible, in fact, even up until the 1960s, this Dallas, Texas, they came out with a curriculum, a Bible study curriculum. They have a copy of it. That's interesting, isn't it? Very fascinating, too. Um, But again, as time went on, it became subversive to mention God in schools, to pray over your milk and cookies, became some kind of horrible violation of the First Amendment. Now, the term separation of church and state stems back from a letter that was, that was sent by a group from Danbury, Mass, Danbury, Connecticut, called the Danbury Baptist Association. And they were concerned uh, that there would be an establishment of a federal church. And the letter was addressed to Thomas Jefferson. And he wrote back, and I don't have a copy of the letter in front of me, but he made reference to a wall of separation but it, it was in reference as like a one-way wall. In other words, the federal government's not going to intrude in your, your belief system, what have you. And it had nothing to do with this notion that uh, Christian values could not be, uh, be in the public arena, the government arena. In fact, um, I believe, well, I do have some issues with David Barton, who all builders has done a great job of uh, going into the history of the founders and pointing out, that uh, Thomas Jefferson, I, bl- I believe, uh, approved the funding, public funding of Bibles to um, to uh, an Indian on an Indian reservation, and 
even somebody with his background was considered to be, uh, well, he was considered to be an agnostic by some. I think he was a Christian. He may not have been what we would say a traditional, maybe not even a Trinitarian Christian, but he did believe in God. Uh, so, uh, And not only that, but he came from a culture that was Calvinistic leaning. In other words, not everybody believed were devout followers of the teachings of John Calvin, but they did realize of man's innate depravity, which is one of the tenets of Calvinism. And because of that, we got something called the U.S. Constitution, which uh, is all about limiting powers. And when someone reads the, you know, when someone reads the Constitution, you have to say what type of mind or minds came up with this document. Were these people atheists? Was it a Muslim culture that gave us this? Was it, was it um, Hindus that gave us this document? Or was it, did it come from the minds of people with a Christian, or some might even say Judeo-Christian worldview? Well, just because there isn't a Bible verse after every single sentence in the Constitution doesn't mean it wasn't written by people with a biblical worldview. I know the late Gary Allen once made a remark about the free market system. He said the word free market is not in the Constitution, or the word capitalism isn't in the Constitution because that term wasn't coined then. He said, but that's the only possible system that you can have under a Constitution is a free market system. And I say to you that while, yes, the founders didn't fill the Constitution full of biblical references, it, it was written by the, a Christian people with a Christian worldview. They didn't trust them. They believed that man was innately depraved, so they had to have limited powers. They had to have each branch with specific duties. It had frequent elections, knowing that people in office can do the wrong thing, and with the hope that the the elector the electoral electorate would be vigilant, even if they let down, there was there was other means. And they gave the power, they had the concept of mercy, giving the executive the power to uh, clemencies and grant pardons. And so that's the only type of, of mind that can come up with our Constitution. I mean, Alger Hiss wrote the UN Charter. He was a communist. He had a communist worldview, and he gave us a communist document, plain and simple. Karl Marx was an atheist communist, and uh, and some even believe he may have been a Satanist. That means he wasn't an atheist. But whatever the case is, he gave us a, a horrible thing called the uh, the uh, the uh, Communist Manifesto. Of course, what else could come from the mind of someone like that? A pornographer gives us pornography. He's not going to write a constitution that upholds limited values, uh, Christian values, and uh, upholds uh, uh, rights of the individual. He's a pornographer. He's going to give you something that's filthy. So, of course, the founders had a Christian worldview, and that was the only possible possible uh, outcome from people with a Christian worldview was something like our Constitution. Now, back to the First Amendment. The reason why I want to bring this up is uh, Philadelphia, the city hall, recently uh, the mayor, uh, I think he participated in uh, a communist Chinese flag raising. And you say, gee, wait a minute now, uh, just like in Boston, they raised the communist flag. And it, they're not just giving this local group a permit to raise a flag. They participate in the flag raising of the flag of communist China 
to celebrate the communist takeover of China that led to the death of millions. That would be something that most people would not want to see. Why are they doing this? Is it money? Is it ideology? Is it goodwill? So I've been trying to get a hold of the Philadelphia City Hall. I've done this um, now the last three weeks, even four weeks. I think I started with a call and waited a little bit. And I've had a few other people call, and now I wrote a little piece on Facebook, and I think many of the people have called. I called the mayor's office, and they refer me to this office and another office, and finally the one that's supposed to grant the permits, and they won't get back to me. They won't respond to an email. Now, I suppose I could actually travel down there, and uh, but it's, uh, I live in Boston. I can, I'll get the same runaround. Uh, this, they won't, they won't uh, grant me a permit to raise the Christian flag, to celebrate Bill of Rights Day. And I posted an article of the Chinese communists raising the flag along, I think, again, with the mayor's approval and support um, in the front of the uh, Philadelphia City Hall. And I said, hey, we want to raise a Christian flag to commemorate Bill uh, Bill of Rights Day. And there were some people on this Facebook page that were hostile. These people are supposed to be Christians uh, not everybody, most people support it, but they're saying somehow that it's a it's a violation of the separation of church and state. Where are they learning this? What, where are they getting this information from the secular universities, the secular uh, legal minds? It's not in the Constitution. This, the idea of separation of church and state is absurd. And then one guy, he, he made this, he had this notion that uh, he said, first off, that evangelicals want to form a a theology, a theological uh, theocracy, uh, and uh, and use Old Testament law, and also their perpetual victim, promoting perpetual victimhood or something like that. Where in this world is this guy getting this information from? Uh, Old Testament theocracy. I mean, are you kidding me? Putting up a little Christian flag for a couple of hours is somehow my attempt to set up a theocracy. In Philadelphia, which is one of the most left-wing cities, you go to their website. It's all uh, all about their, you know, their diversity, except for Christian conservative Christians, of course, promoting Agenda 21 and, and social justice. I mean, it's disgusting. It's worse than Boston, probably not as bad as San Francisco, but pretty much. And we're going to fly a little flag, and we're going to turn Philadelphia into a some kind of theocratic city. Are you serious? Of course, it was founded by William Penn. And what's fascinating is that if you go into Philadelphia City Hall, I've been to Philadelphia numerous times, and even in uh, what they call Center City, which is downtown Philadelphia, I believe. They don't use the term downtown. They call it Center City. Uh, I've never actually set foot inside City Hall. I've been outside a number of times, a gigantic statue of William Penn on the very top of the building and for years that was the tallest building in the city it wasn't until i think the 1970s or 80s when there was a, a skyscraper that was taller than that but inside there there's a statue of moses holding the ten commandments hmm. now those have to do with uh religion just a little bit i mean moses uh he mentioned he mentioned the old testament didn't he? there's something to do with uh and you know christians uh uh, uphold that concept of the Ten Commandments, don't they? We try to. There's also a plaque of a prayer 
a, pray, a prayer to God, by the way, by William Penn, the founder of Philadelphia, who was a Quaker. And well, I don't believe with the, I don't really believe a lot. The, uh, a lot I don't share the a lot of the views the Quakers believe. They they were a group of Christians. No one's doubting that they're Christians. So how is that? How can that be? If Philadelphia was, uh, we're not supposed to have any reference to God. My, a little flag with a, with a letter, a Latin cross, can't be any more Christian than a plaque with a prayer to God, or a statue of Moses on the Ten Commandments. So if these uh, so-called conservative Christians are consistent, they and they ought to be jumping on bandwagons with the ACLU and CARE the Muslim group that uh, wants to remove all vestiges of American history that they don't like. So uh, statues, uh, Confederate statues, and those with the religious themes need to come down. You know, there's a beautiful statue. Actually, it's called a bass relief. It's across from Boston's uh, State House uh, in Massachusetts. And it's right on the City Hall uh, property. It's uh, Boston Common. It's owned by the city. And it is uh, the uh, Robert, Gould, Robert Gould Shaw Memorial to the 54th Regiment, was, which was an all-black regiment during the Civil War, led by white officers. Robert Shaw was their captain who was killed and uh, killed him in combat. And the uh, statue, or the bas-relief, has an angel over the top. Has a, uh, has a, uh, in the back, there's a, I forget what, there's a Bible, biblical uh, passage in the back, a, bi- a biblical quote, and I think there's a few other Christian symbols or references to that. Well, that should come down. If we're going to be consistent, that's going to come down. And that's, you know, all the tourists just love walking, looking at that. The man who did it was the uh, sculptor. He was from Ireland. Uh, I think it was Irish and French descent. Uh, but he moved to the United States, and we're actually going to be visiting his studio uh, he also gave us the uh, that twenty dollar gold piece they called us a Saint God's uh, Standing Liberty doll, uh, twenty dollar gold piece, which some say the most it's the one of the most American attractive coins the United States has ever produced. So uh, this again, there's all kinds of biblical and Christian references all over our country. If you read the uh, state constitutions, now the U.S. Constitution does make a few references to Sundays being the Sabbath in the year of our Lord. Um, uh, but, but if you look at state constitutions and many of the founders like John Adams, uh, well, he was not at the convention, uh, the constitution convention. He was a big supporter of the constitution. He wrote a good chunk of the uh, Massachusetts constitution. And there are all the state constitutions, especially from the original 13 states uh, are Christian documents. There's no question about it. It talks about morality and piety and uh, worshiping the uh, you have uh, you have a duty and obligation to worship the uh, the great architect of the universe i'm quoting for the massachusetts constitution um being without being molested and so forth um that, that constitution wasn't written by atheists folks they would have no reference to that they wouldn't allow any worshiping at all they wouldn't talk about dictates of your conscience etc cetera, etc cetera. so um and there's a lot of good books about on this subject. One of them is written by John Eidsmo, uh, Christianity and the Constitution. I think I would recommend that. Of all the books to look at, I would recommend that. Again, Wall Builders has done a lot of good work as well, and they have a website. You can visit their website and 
get a lot of quotes from the founders and get some uh, early writings of the founding fathers. Unmistakable. I mean, it's just it's so overwhelming the evidence to suggest that our you know our founders were anything but people who had strong beliefs, Christian values, and again, with the exception of guys like Thomas Jefferson, who may not have been what we would call a uh, a traditional Christian, Trinitarian Christian, he came from a culture and he strongly affirmed most of the views that came or the values of that culture. It's like today we live in a socialist, secular culture, and people might not be secular socialist, but they have that culture. That's why these Christians people who call themselves Bible-believing, aborting, and Christians buy into this crap, excuse me, buy into this nonsense because they're living a culture that promotes this. That's why there's Christians who think that climate change is real. There's Christians who think that homosexuality is accepted because the culture accepts it. And abortion is a good thing because the culture accepts it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, anyway, um, again, uh, John Eidsmo, E-I-D-S-M-O-E, Christianity and the Constitution. Uh, you can get that book for very short money on Amazon and also uh, the uh, good stuff from Wall Builders that I put out. You can go to Liberty Council's website, uh, Liberty Council um, LC, I think it's just lc.org, and there's all kinds of great references there, resources there. And our website, campconstitution.net, we have a download, a lot of downloadable PDFs, and we have a great batch of videos uh, on our uh, YouTube channel that have lots of information on this subject. Well, with that, we just got a few seconds left, so I want to thank you for listening. And please help us go to number one on Podomatic. Visit our Podomatic page, Camp Constitution Radio. Share, like, download, and play our material and, and get it out. Get as many uh, introduce this to uh, as many people as you can. And with that, until next week, may God bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.